0: This is Eternum Radio, broadcasting from the peaks of Shattered Mountain to the new world.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to episode two of Eternum Radio. We're so excited to have you here today. Uh, today, I have uh, my guests with me, uh, my co hosts, my partners in crime. We have the Raid Master Ruko. Hello. And the game design aficionado, Big Papa. Howdy. So, today, lots of great stuff has happened in the world the New World. Uh, it's been about a week since we last spoke with you. Lots has happened, so let's jump right into the news. First of all, let's go ahead and affirm the release date is still August 31st, 2020. We were just joking off air. Do you think it'll get pushed back? I I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, <honestly laughs> forget, of the game. I don't think
2: so. They've had a few delays already, and it seems like it's in, it's in good shape. Uh, right now, so I don't expect a delay at this point, but
1: you never Every know. Every one of those delays has brought us really good content. Like It's been worth waiting for, in my opinion. Um, if you want to get into the game earlier, you can on July 20th. Uh, you If you pre-order, you can get in to the closed beta. Uh, worth mentioning, though, that there will be a reset. Everybody will be starting from Square One on August 31st. Oh, so no, no progress
2: you make in the beta will be counted towards the actual live game. Correct. Okay. So
1: everyone in the everyone who's currently playing in the alpha, uh, when the beta closed beta happens, they're all hitting reset, and then when the release date happens, everybody resets again. Cool. June eleventh, uh, New World, Amazon Studios. They did a deep dive with a Summer Game Fest, the people who host the the Game Awards, um, and we got to see another look at things a lot of this had already been familiar there wasn't any huge content drops uh, but certainly some stuff worth going over and we're going to chat about that here today so um, Scott Lang game designer uh, lead game designer he was there uh, being interviewed um, and he presented some of this material we talked about how they have added more content to the mid and end game Uh, we spoke a little bit about this last week how they put in a bunch of content uh, into that mid and end game and then people kind of blasting right through it so they slowed down the leveling to make sure you get to enjoy this content that they had put in there Um, they really have brought a lot more focus into both the pve and to the pvp side of things since their summer preview last year expeditions have been officially introduced these are five man they're basically classic dungeon Uh, each expedition has its own unique mechanics loot bosses puzzles and story um and there should be about six at launch um to me that didn't seem like a very high number but then again this has this didn't originally start as a pve game it was a pvp game
2: well and from what it sounds like they've only added these in the last year so uh, the fact that they've been able to kind of implement the entire dungeon system into a pre-existing game within the last year i, I actually Think six is a is a decent number to start off with, and I'm sure they'll add more,
1: uh, especially for the end game in later patches. So, yep, I agree. Um, I, I'm so excited to see how they evolve this in the years to come. So, the six at launch, they did showcase three of them: uh, Amrine Expeditions, which is one of the first dungeons you'll do. It's sort of like an archaeological dig site that you do to go find out more about the Ancients, uh, which are this mystical. Uh, being that you don't know who they are yet. Um, then they also talked about Dynasty Shipyards, which looked like it was an outdoor dungeon um, where you. All- it's sort of like this, uh, you're confronting the Empress of Ebenscale, who is trying to like build a fleet, and you go out ah, to stop her. Uh, and then the Garden of Genesis is an endgame dungeon that they also showcased, which looks beautiful. Um, lots of vibrant nature colors. Uh, there's this mysterious blight that has come in that you need to corrupt, and that will be an endgame dungeon. So all three of those got showcased. If you want to see these, check it out. Uh, just go check out this deep dive that they did. It's on their YouTube uh, channel. Really cool stuff. Went over new zones, Evanscale Reach, which is the home of the Empress uh, Tai Yang. Uh, Reekwater, which was this, is another zone they introduced, this undead swamp piratey uh, looking place. And they kind of defined some of our villains here. Now, In this podcast, we're going to wait until the release date to really deep dive into the lore behind who these characters are and start tying some of these pieces together. But what they've given us, we're going to go ahead and go over. So uh, kind of uh, minor spoilers here, uh, just a little bit. So we have some defined villains. We have Isabella, who is kind of a notable character. If you've seen trailers and stuff, you've seen her around. She's this red-eyed woman. She looks uh, kind of like like a Spaniard conquistador, almost. Um... The Siren Queen, who looks like she is going to be a... To me, she looked like she was a a dungeon boss. uh, Not necessarily like a raid boss kind of a thing. Uh, And then the Empress, who we talked about just a little bit earlier. Most of who you encounter, they also defined, will fall into one of three families. You have the Ancients, Corrupted, the Lost, and the Angry Earth. And basically, these are like the enemy types. You know, you have the, the Lost, which are the undead. Kind of guys, the corrupted, which is everyone who's infused with this red mystic stuff, um, and so they've each kind of got their own little definition. Officially at launch, we will have eleven different weapons, including the ice gauntlet. Uh, and then Scott Lang went on with a little bit of Q and A, and one of the things that was confirmed, uh, and I know Ruko is super pumped about this, controller support has been confirmed. Ooh. You can enjoy this action <laughs> RPG MMO from the comfort of your. Controller. If you're that kind of a person, I, uh, I am. I am that
2: kind of a person. Uh, I mean, I I love playing action RPGs on a controller. I I think in games like this, um, precise movement is just as important as precise aim. So, uh, and I tend to prefer like going in with melee weapons and stuff where my aim doesn't matter as much anyway. So I I don't know. I have more fun on a controller personally. But
0: yeah, that's told That's totally fair.
2: He. Yeah, but. He goes to great lengths to play on a controller. <laughs> Sometimes with <laughs> FPS games, okay. When you get raised on Halo, and all you know how to do is play FPS games on a controller. that's
0: No, the, the, I will say the funniest is playing with you in an FPS game, and I watch a, a you know a playback of some kill, uh, you know some some death, uh, whatever you call it, the um, the replays, and your 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 character is like. Turning his camera, and it's taking an hour just to turn 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> that I is, always that laugh. is true, yes.
2: It, the downfall of the controller in an FPS game. So, well, a lot of downfalls there, but
1: and that's that's when we it's give so you the most slack. That's when we give you the most slack, <laughs> anyways, one, when you play on the
0: FPS games.
1: Um. The Scott Lane also kind of went and emphasized the point, and I really agree that they've done a fantastic job with this, was they listened to player feedback. So a year ago, they had this uh, summer stress test preview kind of an event, uh, and they invited tons of people to come on and play and have a go of it. Um, And really, they took a lot of the feedback to heart. And I know they've gotten a lot of flack over the cash shop, um, but so far, for me personally, I feel like the designers and the direction I've seen them move in seems like a team I can trust. Um, Yeah. We've been betrayed before, uh, but things are really being listened to and implemented.
2: I I would agree. I I think he said specifically in the last year, they've revamped the crafting systems, the weapon mastery systems, the combat, the spawn systems uh, interrupts and, and things like that. I'm guessing that includes like crowd control. Um, all, just from player feedback. So I am confident they're going to make good decisions based on player feedback, at least. Uh, whether or not that's going to include the cash shop, he did mention the cash shop briefly. He said um, everyone's going to be on a level playing field. It's not going to be pay to win. Uh, it's only going to be cosmetics at launch. But he didn't mention anything about the XP boost, which we touched on our last last podcast. Hmm. So
0: all I know is is Slacker has been trying to. Hype me up for this game for it feels like two years now and every time they've set they've <laughs> they've had to push back and and uh you know postpone the release which is again you know with the comments we've had so far this video i i get it it, it seems like they're making solid ground in the preparation for this release and i do think that this time it will release and obviously they've made big changes with the player feedback they have gotten specifically the PVP system. Um, So yeah, anyway, I'm excited, you know, it, it, uh, I think it will release and I think they do listen to player feedback, obviously, because they've made huge changes just based on player feedback.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit, because one of the things that has changed so dramatically and will be a focal point of our episode today is the PVP system. Now, when I got an opportunity to play in the alpha, PvP functioned very differently. Uh, as it currently stands and at release, PvP will be a fully opt-in uh, approach, right? Uh, if, you, if you don't want a PvP, you do not have to. Uh, if you do, you can. And this game had initially started as a very real, g- genuine PvP experience, um, but that had led to some real exploitation of newer players, of players who weren't doing as well, and things just kind of snowballed. Um, So they did change it. And the system that has helped create that system was the factions, and that is going to be our feature review today. So let's talk about the faction system inside of of New World. What are you guys' impressions of it so far? And let's dive into the meat of it.
2: Factions seem... Just absolutely awesome. Um, the fact that you pick get to pick between one of three, I am extremely excited for. Three seems like it's the magic number, at least for me. And uh, when you, when you need to have a choice in a game, two seems like oh, okay, yeah, you can make a decision here and there. You're probably going to be able to live with it. But three, you really feel like you're going to have to start doing. Uh, maybe a little bit more research on on these factions, or it's going to be a longer term commitment, and there's going to be serious consequences in more than one way um, if you don't join other factions. I'm I'm looking forward to this, and I think at least with factions and PvP, having three different factions is going to create some interesting uh, PvP opportunities, at least. So,
0: um, I I'm excited. I like the idea that there's going to be three factions uh just like Ruco. Um I do think knowing what they had previously and knowing what they've changed to, I do think there's maybe a few missed opportunities and those are just my opinions. I think it would have been cool had the faction system just been based off the clan or the um the company system itself. Um but <clears throat> I still think like like Ruco said, you know, three factions I like the idea that there's a variety. I also like the idea that you cannot leave the faction once you choose it. I like when there are heavy decisions you have to make as a player in an MMO RPG. We talked about that briefly last time, you know, with the uh, player progression, especially when it came to your skills in uh, gathering professions, etc. I like that this is permanent. I like that you have to make a, a heavy decision, um, and you know with all the negatives and positives that come with that
1: now you can change your faction but it comes at a heavy cost you can only switch your faction once every 120 days and doing so resets all progress you have with any faction. so you got to restart so like literally you could only change your faction three times a year right uh And it's not possible to join the faction that currently holds the most territory. So let's talk about that. Let's go into a little bit of what this is. So the three factions we're referring to are the Marauders, the Syndicate, and the Covenant. And I'm going to read little excerpts just because I think it's important to give these guys a little bit of flavor, especially to emphasize a point I'm going to make a little bit later. So Marauders, this is their blurb. Living examples of the Credo might makes right. The Marauders are a ruthless military force bent on establishing a free nation where anyone with the strength and determination to stake a claim can do so. They look awesome. They have like this silver and red-styled, almost a Gothic Roman armor approach. And if you get faction gear, you're going to look like a badass. Uh, Okay, then you have the Syndicate. Here's their blurb. Working in the shadows and dealing with secrets, members of the Syndicate use their boundless guile and intellect in pursuit of forbidden knowledge. And they uh, the classic syndicate character has that uh, plague mask, you know, that long beak nose, yeah. uh, kind of a, a flat top hat and these black robes. And then finally, uh, the covenant, divine champions who are driven by conviction and their faith in the light of the spark. The covenant fights with righteousness and justice for the struggling souls of all living things. So you've got these three factions, Marauders, Sin... Oh, and then the Covenant. Um, they're kind of like the the religious nuts, right? The they fanatics, have, yeah. Um, the fanatics. And <laughs> if I were to describe their armor set, to me, it almost looks like um, like a Van Helsing armor style. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. From um, that Van Helsing movie way back when. I, I loved that movie when I was a kid. They remind um, me
0: of the... Uh what's that warhammer faction uh the inquisition is anyway that, yes. that's what it reminds me yes
1: of. <clears throat> absolutely um okay so what makes your faction so important your your choice of faction uh will be this sphere of influence of who you consider an enemy and who you fight against and who you fight with um your company or your guild Uh, it's called a company in this game your company is associated specifically with this one faction Um, and your company can be up to 100 players it used to be 50 they just recently expanded that to uh, 100 Um, and working with your faction and with your company you're going to secure territories inside a ternum and what that does so for example let's say you see a neighboring territory and your company wants to own it. When your company owns a territory, you get to set the taxes. You get to set the governing rules. How much is fast travel? I'm not sure if it's how much fast travel costs, but there's some very specific things that only you get to determine when you control a territory. And some of that includes player housing, uh, uh, the cost of, um, the auction house and things like that. So it's, actually pretty important who owns the territory so you see one that you really want to take over with you and your company you want to go to war the first thing you got to do is you got to and let's say it's controlled by another faction the first thing you got to do is destabilize it and basically you'll do like daily quests in that area to destabilize it while they try to do daily quests to stabilize it and if you can get it to a certain threshold that territory will then become in conflict and at a specific time and from what I remember, it will be a, there will be a siege window. And so let's say like you've officially gotten conflict. You get to declare war on this neighboring territory. Your company's going to go for it. Um, you declare war. You got to pay like a buttload of cash to do it. But you're in, you're like, Hey, we're going to do this. Your company commits. Um, you have a very narrow window in real time to do a siege and it's this huge, massive PvP combat where you're attacking this territory's fort, and you're hitting certain objectives, and you're trying to take it. And I think uh, it's like fifty on fifty combat. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. It's huge. Um, and you you succeed. You take it. You take the territory, and then you try and make sure your influence doesn't drop so low so that someone can't take it from you. And your company then gets to govern it. So all these companies are working to go to war to try and secure territory and you work together with other companies of your faction. So that's how, why they're so important. So the faction you choose really does matter. Here's my big concern. I, who didn't play Pokemon go when it came out in 2016, right? <laughs> awesome. Everyone loved it. There were three factions. And if you picked the yellow one, you were an idiot because <laughs> everyone picked red and red. And blue right and that's what I'm most worried will happen here is that there will be an overwhelming number of players going Marauder or going Covenant and like nobody going for syndicate it could be a different setup but my biggest concern is that there will create a unbalance will happen and when you're playing a game that has so much territory control if your server is predominantly Marauder if you don't play Marauder that Sucks, yeah.
0: Well, it sucks, but you can still, uh, you know, unflag yourself from PvP, right?
2: You, you true, you but can. you can't own the territory, but you, you can't, can't own the, the territory. territory, you don't get yeah. the benefits be the from owning the territory and things like that. So, I
0: agree with you, and that's that's one of the biggest concerns from what I've seen of the community, uh, you know, in the, and the Reddit and whatnot is that when they first heard about the factions they were concerned you'd have one or two factions being dominant and one or two factions completely being shut out on a particular server um now the game you know they did say in the article that they're going to provide ways for you know minor factions to have some I don't know if it's a catch-up mechanic. They were very vague, but they did say that they wanted their hopes was that it would feel more like you're the underdog rather than you're just completely isolated, you know. Um and there's no hope for you to take back uh more territory, but that there would be hope and that you are you know, you're fighting for the underdog. That sounds that would be and, good. That would be good, but it's they didn't give specifics. So
1: and that's only that's the hard part, because there are clear-cut rewards for gaining territory. So if you own a specific territory, the controlling faction gains 10% increased gathering in the territory, as well as plus 50 luck. On top of it, the controlling company additional, so the faction, everyone in the faction gets that bonus. 10% increased gathering, 50 extra luck. The controlling company, Receives 70% fast travel discount in the territory, 30% reduced taxes, and 20% reduced housing costs. That's big benefits. That's the there, company, right?
0: not the faction, right? The specific that, that's yeah, the company. Right.
1: Now, let's to stack on that. I'm under the impression, and I could be wrong, but I'm under the impression that the territories that you control for your faction provide faction wide bonuses. They do. yeah. So if if you've taken I don't know whether you know reek water, that provides a specific bonus to your entire faction. So if one faction runs away with this and claims majority of the territory, like they'll have all for the example, bonuses. Exactly, especially in a world where we have streamers and then that kind of. Uh, culture where everyone's sort of feeding on streamer. I'm super grateful that companies are limited to 100 See, people. See, This
0: is where I think... super grateful. This is well, and that's where I think the missed opportunity was. And maybe, maybe I don't understand this fully. I feel like you didn't have to have the faction system. I felt like with companies having a limit to 100 people, and you just say just base it off of the companies themselves, the player created, you know, groups, the guilds, companies, whatever you want to call them, they. Take over territories as a company, and with a hundred people, you could only manage so much. Eventually, you're going to have one or two of your territories being undermined, and you're you know it's going to be in constant flux. But then you're not going to have this dom you know one faction because most of the companies in the game in this server belong to this one faction, dominating. You're not going to have that. You'd have many companies controlling different areas, and that would be in a constant state of flux, which is what I think they want. So I don't. I felt like that was a missed opportunity. I didn't think they, even though the factions are cool, they almost they almost feel like they're just tagged on at this point, you know, to unite, you know, just to delineate uh, who you can PvP against. I thought, you know, I thought the guilt they had it with the company system. I don't know. Maybe you guys think differently, but
2: I was gonna say I I don't know. I I think we're speculating a lot on how we think it's gonna play out. Um, I I don't know that one faction is gonna. ...be super dominant, or be able to be super dominant. They did mention that they are going to balance this, so that that it's not... And maybe maybe what happens is, you know, companies with lower territory have an easier time attacking companies with more territory, right? Maybe they just do more damage to the fort, or things like that, more damage in general, so that they can actually stay relevant. Um, I I, I don't know, I I don't feel like one faction is just going to run away... Uh, with it or even two factions are going to just run away with it on a particular server but we'll have to wait and see uh, you you bring up that thing with pokemon go and i think that was more based off of what what color people liked everyone nobody liked yellow the color yellow apparently <laughs> i i think there's a lot more interesting rewards with the specific covenants that are going to keep people wanting to to go after the specific wards and join those covenants for that for that reason not necessarily um just because they, they like the color or the name of the faction or so I don't know there's some other concerns I have with actually how how the war process works because companies uh, can participate in a war but only one company can own the territory yeah, and you can have right. multiple companies Vi fighting in the, this war yeah right and, and what a- ends up happening, they've, they've said, is it actually gets selected at random which company becomes this vanguard for the war, and they have to go out and...
1: Yeah, if people. multiple from the same side are well,
2: right, declaring war on war. I one. have my
0: own worries about that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's I, a good point.
2: I, I, I understand why they, they do it. They want, if you have a small company, um, you know, maybe it's just a group of close knit friends even a company and... of
0: one they said even a company of even, one even yeah. even a yeah. company
2: of one even if you're just by yourself they want you to have an opportunity to have land at, at or control a territory at some point which which I get but i don't feel like being Having it randomly selected is a no. great way to do what,
0: what they could have done, in my opinion, is they could have just had it be a race to who could undermine... I mean, obviously, you're still going to have the bigger guilds doing it faster, so I get, again, why they did it randomly. But you could have had... I thought it would have been cool if, if it had been a race to undermine that faction faster than other your other allies or your other companies that are in the same faction as you. If you undermine them quicker enough, you have the option to declare war. You know, Maybe that wouldn't have worked out, but... Um, and and like you said, we'll have to see, obviously we're speculating here, but it is a valid concern, um, to, you know, a valid point being raised that in games, in MMOs specifically, you will find imbalance in which factions player choose in server by server, server to server, right? Even WoW offers free server transfers from time to time just because of imbalance between Horde and Alliance. Um, so I think it is a valid concern. You're right. We'll have to wait and see, and I and I think the the devs are gonna. I'm excited for it because it. I love the idea of contr- like the fact that you control a territory matters. I love that. I think that's going to be awesome. And it's going to give you a reason to yeah, PvP. I agree. So so just that alone is giving me hope that it's going to work out. But still, it, I think it is a valid concern, and there are questions. You know, there are cons- other concerns, like you said, with the random thing. I. I'm not a huge fan of that. I thought it could have been yeah. done differently.
2: Well, and the other concern with this random thing is that they specifically mentioned you know, you don't have to help that company capture the territory. So If, if company, you don't like you, them. Well, if you don't like them, or maybe your company is really big and you're just like, we're just not going to help them. We're going to let them fail and then we're going to try and take over it again.
0: Well, then do and you have to re-undermine the other... I, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you do you, there,
2: Yeah, but, I'm
1: almost positive it's got like a time lock but, after it's been captured. But it seems like you could defended. almost be
2: intentionally trolley or intentionally harmful to your own faction for a selfish long-term gain instead of letting these other players, you know, have have some territory. I I it just seems it seems not not like that part of the system is going to need to be fleshed out a little bit more cuz You could. So.
1: Remember though, r- remember you will as a faction gain pretty significant advantages to owning that territory, I think it's still always gonna be in your interest to help other people claim territories for your faction, just because you're gonna get so many bonuses out of that, even if your one particular company Yeah isn't after it. And maybe they have a limit on how many um, territories a company can control.
2: That's that's possible. And right. they they specifically mentioned maybe you don't like the company. Maybe you don't like maybe they have higher taxes than you want in that area because the company still does control uh, things like that. So maybe you don't want them to have it because you don't want them to have higher taxes or or whatever in, in a particular territory. But and, you can't and undermine. Reason, but... You
0: can't undermine a company in your own faction, though.
2: Uh, no, you can't. You you can't do that, but so, I but would you, just you hate could to see just not you join know, them
0: in war. Essentially, is what you're you can saying.
2: You could just not join them, right? You could yeah. just choose.
1: And if they're mismanaging the territory that you're living at, you move. If you're sure. like, dude, you've jacked up the prices, I'm not going to make this my home base anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else and put my player housing somewhere else.
2: What what I don't want to see is like for a small company that just you know they just want to have fun and and they want to get their territory, finally get their shot to own some territory, and nobody will help them because they want it for their own company, right? That that would feel yeah, that like... really bad for, for those players, and I, I hope that's what it doesn't devolve into. Um, so I, I'm i hoping that the devs take a, a little bit closer look at this system, maybe not make it random, maybe make it something you can work towards and then uh, initiate or, or vie for within a, a territory, but uh, having something random or... Uh, having it so the entire rest of the server could opt out of helping you capture a territory, I don't know. I I that seems a little strange.
0: If it can be done, it will be done. And if had no one had thought of it before yeah. now, well, now they know that they could potentially yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, well, thanks, Ruco.
2: <laughs> sorry, I, I mean I'm an expert at trolling people in video yeah. games. So what can, I, that, <laughs> what, can I, what can I say? So that is a very true this, statement. This is... <laughs> so
1: there's another aspect of this though that. Uh, I have raised eyebrows about is that I'm really looking forward to this war aspect, this 50 on 50 claiming territory. There's something real at stake that I always feel that when PVP is, has something at stake, it makes it much more exciting. Um, In fact, I I think you, even in the game, if you're doing, you know, uh, world PVP, you got your flag flipped on. If you kill another player, you actually still get to loot them. It won't be their loot per se, but you can still find like, loot on the players that you kill so there's that incentive there right when these with these big wars that i'm really looking forward to when you're storming a fortress and you know you're hitting these points which sounds awesome and i love it it's in a very specific window of time now right now i'm working from home i mean who's not it's covid right a lot of us are working from home a lot of us what do you do if you can't make that siege window if you're in class if you're you know you're working you can't make it That's going to be a huge bummer. I really hope my dream solution is that the attacker could pick a window of time that works for their company and say, hey, we're actually going to attack tomorrow, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And then the defenders would have to gather forces for that. I really hope that's the case as opposed to being like, all right, we're just going to randomly slot a time. This is going to be the time hope you have people but like, give us at
0: least time. a 24-hour window where we can plan the siege and and that would feel even more realistic cuz in war you would plan when you attack right i like I, I agree with you on that um i also think uh that it um well one thing kind of in line with this is is e- even if your company from what i understand if someone if not everyone in your company can join the war you can have people from anywhere amongst the faction to join right the, the other companies can still join and that's what how you yes. can have yeah. a single player company start a war and people can choose to join from other factions or from within the faction other companies
1: sure so the numbers will be there but if i've done all this work to you know undermine the faction to my north because i really want this territory i have been really working on it and then i see that the siege window is when i got to pick up kids from daycare that sucks yeah yeah well i i'm hoping
2: that um the opportunities are maybe a little bit more frequent than we're currently thinking i'm i'm hoping that it's more uh the territories are continually in flux right maybe there's gonna be multiple multiple sieges a day uh throughout throughout Eternum, and uh, you'll have multiple opportunities so my I, i i hope that's how it plays. I hope you can log on and within maybe an hour or two uh see just starting that you could participate in. You also got to remember that the enemy faction is also going to be attacking your territory, so you're, you'll you will be able to participate in these defensive sieges too. And so it's going to it's going to go both ways. I I hope the opportunities are um frequent enough that it, it's not a problem, but I if if it is going to be more of a sparse thing than I would agree. Be able to schedule the time, or at least have it notify um, people when it's going to happen, uh, with with a, at least several hours of uh, of, of notice so people right. can get on and participate or plan. You may
1: actually see the siege window now that I'm looking at something here. You may actually see the siege window before you even declare war so you can see before I declare on this territory when its siege window would be and if that works for me and my company.
0: Man, it would be cool if you could plan it, honestly. But uh, on the flip yeah. side of what what Ruka was saying, I I do hope that it's not I hope there's it does take some time and some effort. Sure. Obviously, you have to undermine them and at the same time there's PVP quests on the defensive side to retain, you know, to retain their their status or their influence. their influence. Yeah. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Um so and I love that. I really do. I love that the PVP quests, you know, th- th- they're quests designed to undermine or to retain your influence and you're and that's and you're automatically flagged for PVP if you have one of those quests. I think that's a really cool idea. But I do hope it does take some time only because, you know, you don't want to control a territory for a couple hours, right? Or or a day or however long, you know. I, I it would be nice if once you got control of a con- territory, it would take a little while you know, before someone already undermines it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I. It, it should be stated also that we are still in a closed beta. We are not currently playing the game. We are not currently... I mean, like, hardly anybody is. Everyone who's so psyched about this game doesn't have an opportunity to play it. So we can only speculate what's on paper and, and based on what we've seen from other games. But maybe they nail it. Maybe it's awesome. And I really, really, really hope that it is because... It sounds amazing to me. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't take my um uh my my worried notes here. Don't mistake it for not being excited because I'm very excited for what they've built.
2: Yeah, I think we've expressed a lot of concern about the system, but overall I'm I'm really excited for this territory control thing Like it's going to make the world feel real and evolving and like I have an actual impact on what's
1: going on in the game. That yes. that's yeah, absolutely awesome. That's so cool. 100%. Especially in an MMO. Yeah. And it, in, I mean, even in, in World of Warcraft's latter days, it's got, you have quest lines where the world kind of evolves around you as you play through it. Uh, the most notable I can think of is like um, uh, when you play the intro into Warlords of Draenor and you go around, and like, the, that was the first time I was like, oh man, like the world is changing as I'm doing this quest. Yeah. And people are instanced in these different variations of the quest. And I was sort of like faking that feeling that you were having a real impact in the world. This one you genuinely do. And you can build a company, you can get your buddies together, and you can claim some real land and have player housing. These are like things that people have wanted from MMOs for so long and we haven't gotten it yet, and here it is. Oh, gosh, please be good.
0: One of my favorite things in an MMO is world PvP. And so the fact that you can get a quest to go defend your territory from actual players. Like, I love... That that is encouraged. I think that's a fantastic idea, and I'm you know Ruko and I love going out and killing as many hordes as <laughs> we can see, or you know whatever faction we're on, the opposite faction, and and the fact that we are encouraged to do that, it's it's designed in the game. Hopefully, there will be an, like people will always be constantly trying to undermine and have to come into our territory so we can go out and kill them, or vice versa. You know, I yeah. I, I think that's an awesome idea.
2: Well, yeah, one of the PvP missions they they mentioned specifically to help undermine the territory was just patrolling the area and killing the enemy faction there yes <laughs> right yeah. I, that's that's an actual mission you go and usually you just do that as a you know a side thing and uh, yeah but this is actually part of what you do. I think that's great I I think it's fun to just patrol around you and, get rewards and engage for doing in it. world pvp yeah you do yeah. you get rewards
1: for doing it Um. What and experience. with the combat system like they've designed which we're going to be going over in a later episode it's going to be fun It's gonna be. This is not tab targeting. This is skill shots, and it's gonna be very fun to do this combat system. It's gonna be even more fun to do the PVP. I'm really yeah. I thought it it.
0: was tab targeting, but I noticed in the video um, that there was no tab targeting. This is more, much more like Skyrim type combat where you have to aim and yes, uh, yep. um, I always thought it was tab targeting with some, you know, action uh, with with action oriented gameplay, but you still targeted. And had the time to dodge and stuff, but no, I was wrong.
2: No, this was pretty much full full action combat. So uh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, with controller support. <laughs> with controller support. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's a big question. Obviously, especially for all you listeners out there, we're definitely gonna be putting together uh, a company for uh, Aternum Radio and everyone who's who's listening. So maybe we'll do a maybe we should be doing a, a poll or something. We'll probably do that a little closer to release date. But as it stands right now what faction are you most leaning towards
2: <laughs> the syndicate personally but uh i always kind of like those stealth shadow factions that try to just infiltrate things and are a little more secretive personally but um that's just my my first hunch on what, what i would choose ruko so,
0: loves being sneaky and sinister <laughs> yeah he, all his Which dealings, is ironic. I, don't know, like, I hate self games, man.
2: But, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> but yes, doing things—yeah, thematically, it's it's fun.
0: Well, see, I I typically don't like. I, I'm actually with Ruko. I, I usually like playing, you know, a darker faction or or a more secretive faction. So the Syndicate definitely piqued my interest. But I will say this: um, I generally don't like the holy, you know, classes or the holy. Factions, the fanatics, the fanatics yeah. the zealots right i'm not a huge <laughs> yeah. generally it just doesn't interest me but uh, but like i don't i think new world has done a really good job with this faction to make it stand out a little bit um it interested me when i read about it you know cleansing cle- purifying this this crazy new world um i don't know and they look sick they really do they look Um, (laughs) they look cool in their armor. So that, I mean, all the factions, I'm surprised I'm saying this, but all the factions did interest me a little bit. Mostly the...
1: But you're leaning towards Covenant?
0: Well, so, yeah, that's the, uh, the fanatic ones, right? I'm not, I don't think I'm leaning towards them. I think I'm leaning towards Syndicate still. I'm just making a point to say that a faction that I normally wouldn't be interested in, I'm actually interested in. It was, it, I think they did a good job with the theme of that faction. And the only other reason I'm interested in, um what was the first faction the the conquistador the marauders the marauders they i like their motto like they're they're all about you know building a free world you know that that appeals to me so i hate saying that i like a little bit of each faction but I, if i were to pick one i'm leaning towards syndicate just like ruko
1: Syndicate is by far my least favorite. I, wow. I called it I knew that. Was, I oh, knew that was coming. Poor slacker hates the syndicate. Okay.
0: Oh
2: gosh. You're, you're probably leaning oh. towards the Covenant, aren't you? The holy. I
1: actually think the Marauders oh. look sick. I think the, the Roman conquistador, red and silver. I'm all for it, and you know, having that strength. Oh, it's very horde to me, and I, I really, really like that. Oh man, we're definitely gonna leave it up to a poll then, and please do not be syndicate. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna end up being Team Yellow in Pokemon Go, just way I'm calling it. The syndicate or the Marauders?
2: Yeah, the Marauders are the syndicate. Oh, (laughs) maybe no. I I I think syndicate will be very
0: popular. I think a lot of people generally tend to. That's the only reason I'm hesitant about. We'll see. Obviously, it's all speculation, but I have a feeling those are that's gonna be popular. A very popular faction and. And I generally would rather go for an underdog, you know. Once, once the factions and, are established, and we are
1: looking, we're looking at armor sets of like one character <laughs> for the for the whole faction. And gosh, I wish I, you know, you couldn't because it was on under under the NDA. But when I played last time, I, I did get the chance to play through. You know, each of these factions will send you on their own little quest. At least it did in the game. Ooh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but. Um, but you've got a feel for how each of them kind of looked and felt, and I wish I would have paid more attention. Because all I've got right now in front of me are these armor sets, and I'm well, like, dude, Marauders if we're
0: going awesome. off of... These armor sets, I would say the Marauders don't these creeds, look as good the as the other ones. That's my opinion, though. <laughs> I look at that Plague Doctor mask. I think you're that's so awesome. And look at the 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 uh, how do you not like the Plague Doctor?
1: Mask? <laughs> you guys like ugly it's... stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know, let me tell you what. <laughs> we,
2: we're Whenever not we Here's the games
1: theme, for the record. Or, no, all of our listeners should know this. Whenever we play a game and there's a customer creative option, Big Papa makes the ugliest looking <laughs> character you could possibly That's true. Okay, that is true. Time. Only in
0: World of Warcraft because I've done it a ton of times. No, no. That's see ya Oh,
1: that's true. <laughs> that's... If Rainbow Six Siege had a build-your-own-character option... I don't even want to know what your me looks like in like the Wii U yeah. store or whatever the Nintendo I don't oh, even want well, to know Oh well so
0: here's what I was going to say slacker is that you know me and Ruko in real life we're really good guys and so we tend to go for those evil factions <laughs> in games I, I don't know what it's like for you but
1: uh, I don't know oh, that's the same yeah that's I'll take that. <laughs>
0: all our all our okay. negativity and, and, and evil comes out in, in, in PV, world PvP in video games that's
1: that's just <laughs> oh, I love PvP I love that I'm so excited I think this is going to feel really good you know getting, in a, getting a group together and going into a territory that you know has a lot of the enemy faction because they control it doing those quests because it's not just like it's not going to be like daily quests the quest is go kill them that's going to be so yes. fun with this action! I'm
0: so excited. I agree. I'm I, I'm pumped for that.
1: Okay, so let's move on to our uh, final topic for the evening uh, or day, whenever you're listening, and that's going to be our opinion segment. And what we're talking about today is we're talking about it's kind of going along this this PvP theme. Is how do PvP and PvP PVE excuse me work together in an MMO? Uh, we see a lot of different games take very different approaches to this. Um, and, you know, let's take, for example, we'll start with World of Warcraft and how the game started by having this open PvP system where, you know, if you saw a horde, you could kill them, they could kill you. There was kind of a threat there. Well, but o- then it also only on excelled specific very...
2: servers, so keep that in mind.
1: And specific servers and only in specific areas. There were yeah. some that are controlled you know, to be fair, which was a good
0: way of doing it. So it was still restricted. Honestly, I thought for their it time, was. they had a really good PVP system. I, uh, you know,
1: but they win in PVE. The World of Warcraft mm. raiding is phenomenal. Their dungeons, the the mythic system, you know, pushing keys, doing your your getting through the raids. The story that's a part of that is integral to the to uh, World of Warcraft. And if you were to say, "How's PVP in World of Warcraft?" It's not great. It's, it hasn't been great for a long time because the game's not really a PvP game anymore. Even if you're a PvP player, it's just are not. You, it's a PvE game in my are mind. Are you
0: talking structured PvP, though, or world or all of it?
1: Both. Both. Yeah. I mean, the structured PvP is, is fine, but it's very instanced, it's very... I mean, Alterac Valley is a perfect example where that that battleground, and if you, if you haven't played World of Warcraft, there's a specific battleground where the two factions got to kill the enemy's king in the castle, right? And to do that, you got to take out these outposts along the way. And so that sounds very much like a tug of war, but in reality, in practice, both factions just run right past each other and go straight to the king. There's really no interaction. It's still a PvE game in their most famous PvP battleground so that's kind of what we're talking about today i've thrown a lot at you guys tell me your opinions
2: i so yeah world of warcraft pvp has gotten stale and that's that's always a concern is that the pvp gets stale in an mmo you have a limited number of actions you have a limited number of classes sooner or later you're going to go up against every class and uh even well i guess it's not really classes in this game but weapon types and and things like that you're going to learn how to counter them you're going to learn how to play around it And, uh, you know, once you've kind of figured out how to do that, where do you go from there in terms of PvP? I I still think it can be fun engaging and just... It's always fun to dominate another player, I I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, which is why I think World PvP is is great. Some of these structured PvP activities tend to get old, though, over time. And, uh, so we'll have to see how that plays out with wars, if they're very repetitive and, and things like that, uh... Where where they're just not as appealing to participate in, uh, the more you do them.
1: I to be fair, it should be noted that New World did also add in something called an Outpost Rush, which will be yeah. like a battleground.
0: Yeah, yeah I think I'm I think I'm with Ruko on this about the structured PvP. It does tend to get stale, and, and um, I you know. But here's the thing: in World of Warcraft, that's PvP is one of my favorite things about the game. Is I love being able to. Use my class to its fullest potential, going up against someone equally skilled, and oftentimes better than me, and trying to outplay them. Um, and I thought, like I said earlier, for its time, the way they structured it, it was simple. You know, if you're in your own territory, an alliance-controlled territory, or a, you know, or a horde, whatever it is, you're you're pretty safe unless you attack that enemy if they're in your territory. If you're in contested territory, it's anyone's game. And I thought that was simple, and it and it, but it brought enough. PvP into the game while you were questing—that it was great. The problem you run into is—is is the focus is getting to end game. So at a certain point, everyone's max level. You vary, and if you're leveling a right. character behind the curve, every the the zones are dead. Um. So you know, but again, I thought that it was a good design because it gave you some safety when you're leveling in your own z- faction-controlled zones. But you were still pushed into. You eventually had to go into contested zones, and you had to quest there, and boom world pvp um and there's this always this like tension whenever you come across someone from the other faction questing (laughs) and you're like oh shoot like i just want to get this one mob so i can get the item and get out of here is he you know are we gonna are we gonna do this are we gonna (laughs) are you gonna attack me when i'm uh, when i'm half health that's right
2: (laughs) You accidentally pull a little bit too much, and then suddenly you're dead because <laughs> they opp- attack you. And I'll <laughs> admit, I,
0: I'm an opportunist in those matters. So, you know. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah of course. But uh, anyway, so I I do, you know, I but I agree. When it comes to the structured PvP, it just doesn't seem to work very well in World of Warcraft. And you don't get that world PvP all the time because of, you know, people are eventually going to be all max level. And you're not going to run into people in the world at that point, very rarely at all. Um.
1: Let me let me speak to that, though, for real quick. Because I think that we, we use World of Warcraft a lot as a model because we're very actively playing it right now. That being said, I have seen instanced PvP done really, really well. And I've seen that in Guild Wars 2. Um I have not raided in Guild Wars. Uh, I haven't played any of its end game, co- end game content, um, but I have done its battlegrounds. And uh, Ruko, I'm not sure if you've played, but I I played with Big Papa and another mutual friend of ours, um, and we loved it. It was it felt very quick. It felt very um, action focused, and maybe that was not necessarily what makes PvP stale. Isn't so much the instance PvP but the style of combat of tab targeting because guild wars 2 is a hybrid yeah. model of that and it makes the pvp feel very active feel very mobile feel very on the move and i really like that and I, I really like that um and i think that new worlds going to have a is going to play on that really well so i think that instance pvp can work um no i think the instance pvp can work and feel fluid with the right combat system yeah I, I
2: i don't think that it can't work i just think uh in a game like world of warcraft it's it's just gotten stale they're, they're out of ideas on on how to make it work and how to get players to engage with each other more within a battleground um and and so it's just it doesn't become fun i mean you end up usually with one side uh st- kind of just sitting staring at the other side waiting for one side of the attack or maybe both teams have the enemy flag and you're just kind of turtling in your own bases waiting for a miracle to happen i mean i don't know sometimes like there's not enough uh sometimes there's just not enough opportunities in the structured pvp activities to keep players engaged and i i hope that the combat system in new world does change that that uh, even within structured pvp it's still going to be fun because the combat itself is just fun right and uh you're not getting bored where in a game like world of warcraft where you're just mashing the same button over and over again right uh are not thinking about it right
0: i think i think slacker has a point there i think that maybe it does come down to the combat system itself and what it can do what you can do with it cuz guild wars 2 combat you know in structured pvp was a lot of fun and we did have a ton of fun for the time we played it um in wow just one last comment you know i would say that i do like arenas um i like being pitted up in a pure contest of skill but you know like ruko said eventually you know all the tricks of going up against those classes and there's so many buttons you can press and you know it's a matter of who can do certain things quicker than the other, you know? And um, I don't know. It can get stale at that point, but still fun. I still enjoy that, um, that just pure contest of skill going up against what a group or, you know, a small group of uh, in PvP and, and seeing who comes out on top.
1: So let's talk a little bit about why... Instanced PvP even exists because I think that its place in an MMO is quite unique because what we see happening Is we see games having to make a decision whether you are a PvP or a PvE game And if you're a PvE game and you want some PvP action, you put it in an instanced form And and, and we struggle seeing What I think is, is heartbreaking is see PvP games end up defaulting to that model the, the games like for example we keep going back to this because i think it's just such a great example games like sea of thieves thrive as a pvp environment because it is what it is it's this it's this uh, you know every pirate for themselves you've got your crew you're worried about every ship on the horizon uh because they're going to come and take your your, your loot
0: it's designed yeah. into the game, and people
1: have petitioned it's, exactly
0: because there's PVE in there, and but it's designed about you know it's designed around you're a pirate, and pirates are going to kill other pirates if they have the opportunity. So it's
1: it's anyway. and with that PVE being brought into the game, though, you have now players saying like, "Dude, I just want to do PVE. I don't want to be. I don't want to get ganked while I'm well, got my ooh, nose down a hole getting turned. You're tired. a pirate, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <and that's, laughs> but." But that's the point, though, that I want to come back to New World with is that, you know, people have that, oh, we really want PvE content or the PvP is too much. Are we looking for new solutions or are we pigeonholing ourselves back to that classic model of having instant PvP versus the instant PvE because people want to play that, and then you get this opt-in, and, you know, if I'm being honest, I actually really like Retail's version of having the opt-in, uh, you know, PvP system, where if I, if I want to do PvP, which I always do, I opt myself in, which I always do, I get extra rewards, and I get to play the game the way I want to play it, and if you don't want to opt yourself in, you don't have to, and you get that choice, and I'm okay with that, um, but, I don't want us to lose what's great about a PvP game, because like you mentioned before with sea of thieves, it's because you're you're a pirate man, and and you you got to be worried about people coming after your loot. And in New World, I want you to feel that as well. I want you to feel like that other company, that other faction, is still very threatening to you. And do I do I. Go after their territory because they keep farming out of our lands? Or do we make other decisions? Like, I like that interaction. I like that discussion. Um, I don't want to lose it. I don't want us to end up pigeonholing back to that instanced PvP form because that's just what works. This is something new. This is something fresh. Let us work it, mold it, make it better.
2: So I, I have a lot of th- thoughts on this. Uh, when I first started playing MMOs, I absolutely hated World PvP, and I, I think um, a lot of people go into MMORPGs are initially looking for the PVE side of it. Right? RPGs are designed to be playing against, uh, you know, an intelligent computer foe, uh, more or less. You're not not really designed necessarily to play against other players, at least not on on the base level. Everyone who plays an MMORPG has to do PVE content. That's just how you get through the game. And uh, honestly, up until I played Sea of Thieves, I was very much in the camp. Every MMORPG should have opt-in, opt-out type type scenarios. But playing that game has changed my perspective. Playing Sea of Thieves has changed my perspective on um, how rewarding it can be to have mandated PvP or at least being... Uh, because it makes you more cautious. And when you pull off, uh, you pull off something where you know the enemy could have attacked you it feels that much better to pull it off and i i understand yeah. it's also that much more frustrating when you don't um i still think i agree with the model that they're going for here with with an opt-out i i i don't i'm never going to opt out of pvp myself but i know some people are just going to want to go through and play the content and that's fine um because they have turned the game more into a pve uh, you know, a PvE-focused game and made PvP equally important to it. Uh, people are just, they're going to have their their preference on whether they want to do it. Um, so opting out, I, I think, is going to be okay. But it, it does make me sad because there are a lot of just really hype moments you can get from those PvP scenarios uh, where you're still doing PvE content and you manage to pull it off with a PvP Uh, or being attacked by another faction it just feels so good and people some people are just never going to get that opportunity by opting out of pvp so
0: it's it's the lows and highs of that kind of game right because you like you said you're going to fail and that sucks but then you're driven if you have the right attitude you're driven to try again and do better next time right and and then when you succeed it's just that much more rewarding in a game
2: that's true and I'm just going to play devil's advocate it real sure. quick though. Cause there, there are times in like sea of thieves where uh, we we've gone out and we've uh, tried to attack a ship and we've failed miserably <laughs> like, okay, what did we do wrong? Okay. We're going to go back. Okay. We're going to try this again. And we go back and we fail miserably again and again <laughs> and again. Right. You guys know what I'm Yeah, And and sometimes you just get outclassed and, and that can get frustrating Right, I, I totally understand that, and so maybe, which is why I think it's fine in this game where you have a lot more PVE content, um, to to opt out of it if you're you know you're just gonna get dominated. I think I think that's fields. what most
0: people are worried about is are the trolls yeah. that will just camp your corpse or continually, you know. Just pester you and dominate you, and you feel like you have no chance to even right. enjoy the. Content. I'm sure
2: streamers are already sweating about stream snipers, right? Camping of <laughs> course. So, <laughs>
0: right. Well, that, and that's that was the concern expressed apparently in Alpha when they had full world PvP and you know, and, and full loot PvP. Um, that seemed to be the concern. And that's why they changed it in the first place. But I, I think I think MMOs are maybe starting to go in the right direction when it comes to mixing open-world PvP with PvE content, when it comes down to these kind of hub territory control aspect where there, is, there are ways... Controlling areas matters, it gives you bonuses, and taking away territory is a part of the game. So you always have to constantly be concerned about my faction is losing territory and therefore I'm losing bonuses to my leveling or to my money making whatever so i need to help fight against these and that that's built into the game so i think it has the chance of being successful there's another mmo that's been in constant development uh which is ashes of creation i don't know if you guys have heard of that but that one has that same from the last time i checked and it's been a while but they had that similar idea of we're going to have these hubs and they're player controlled in the game and they can be taken away, but when you do control them, you get bonuses. You control the area. You set the tax rates. Blah blah blah, etc. 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 So I think that's the direction MMOs seem to be going. I think it's a good direction because I think building PvP into the game and not just tacking it on on the side can create, I don't know, positive gaming experience as long as there is some some way you can uh, either avoid it or or Still get enjoy your PvE content without having to constantly face PvP.
1: I think what this does is this this boils down to, for me at least, is when you sit down to develop your game and, and you've got that theme and you, you, you've got an idea and you, you know what direction you want to go in, you have to ask yourself, who tells the story? Because if the story is being told by the NPCs in the game, then it's a PvE game and you play through this game and your your heroes whatever the case may be and you 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 go through raid bosses and whatever if the person who tells the story are players then it's a PVP game and that goes back to that comment that we made earlier is like you're a pirate you're living in a pirate world the stories we get from Sea of Thieves while there are um actual stories there the ones that we take home with us are the stories of man do you remember that one time when we were sailing we had all that loot and we got hit by a kraken oh we barely survived and then we got attacked by a meg and we lost it all that was crazy it was amazing <laughs> yeah. or is the story do you remember what happened with the last expansion that was nuts i can't wait to see what happens when we do this raid and she's a boss inside of it like who, where's the story coming from? Is it coming from the NPCs or do you want it to come from the players? And I petition that in New World, the story is coming from the players. The story that's developing uh, is, is happening with the way you're controlling territory. And that's what we're going to walk away with. That's what I really want to walk away with. And it'll have a sprinkling in of these dungeons and maybe raids that, that'll be like a cherry on top. But the stories you tell will be these PvP events, and I think that would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I think I'm going to enjoy the PvP aspect uh, more so than the PvE aspect in this game, and which is uh, a little bit strange for me because I tend to gravitate towards PvE in a lot of these games. Um, but I, I think you're right. Having those stories to tell from these big, epic PvP combats or narrow escapes or things like that, those, those feel just awesome and they're very comparable to what you feel when you kill a raid boss right and and right so it's uh it's gonna be one of those things that people are just gonna have to decide if they want to give it a try because i know some people are are hesitant to do any pvp at all um and and that's fine I, i understand different play styles but you know, i would encourage people give it a shot at least and if you don't like it that's that's fine opt out but i i do feel a little bit of reminisce that they didn't stick with the initial idea of just making it full on pvp like of these we we brought up how of these has had lots of people say please make pve servers so i don't have to get attacked i think that would water down the game experience significantly to the point where it's, it's just not that fun Honestly, the PvE activities they've gotten better and of these over time, but it's yeah. it's not as fun when you don't have that constant threat that somebody could come get you and attack you at any point, right? There's always you're always looking over your shoulder, and if you don't have to do that, it's just why bother going sailing at all? I mean, it's just kind of a digging simulator at that point. Yeah. So,
0: I'll say again that that you know some of the. My fondest memories or the the things I remember most, even in World of Warcraft, which is a PvE-focused game, was the world PvP. And and very, very rarely do I remember or have fond memories of, um, you know, you're not going to remember. Oh man, do you remember that time I had to go and loot 50 different... NPCs just to get five <laughs> items for a quest. You know that you're not going um, no, you to remember that. No, but to be fair,
2: you, you've never killed a raid boss. That's okay, true. I have not. That is those. That can be an epic experience. <laughs> but see, experience. and
0: I, that's that's fair because that is PVE contact. That is that that you're experiencing with a group, and that's one of the points I was going to get to. Is the other aspect when it comes to PVE content is when it the things I remember most are things I've done with groups, things I've done with my friends and that we've, that we've had to struggle to accomplish. And I think that's the silver lining in either PVE or PVP is it's got to be challenging and then it will be memorable. It, once you succeed, especially. So
2: I think it can, it can be memorable even if you don't succeed. And that's true. Uh, so I, I think they just, it creates good opportunities all around. So. Yeah.
1: And I think what, you know, just to, just to tie us up here, uh, The coolest part about all this, and especially with what we've talked about today, when we look back at it, is that New World has the potential to give us those stories, to give us those camaraderie-building events of forming a company, getting a group of buddies, taking down other territories, losing territories, fighting for it back— All of that looks on paper to be built in there. And while, yes, there are some things we're worried about these systems that could be detrimental to that process, that storytelling excitement of PvP, I think, is there. And that's what makes this game just so intriguing. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah well that is our uh, episode for today Um, our next time we're going to be talking a lot more in depth about the combat system we're going to talk about the different weapons that are available the different trees, what we like what we're excited for, and we'll share some cool resources with you that you'll be able to go and see what you like before the game is even released Um, so stick with us follow us if you're listening to us on Spotify, on Apple, wherever we're at Um, make sure you follow us, Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well where we'll be saying hey look we posted this or this is something new that's coming up Um, soon we have gotta have the poll to prove to these two that syndicate is not the way to go <laughs> for our company. No, set <laughs> so yourself up for the disappointment, way. there, slacker. <laughs> we'll release a poll. We will uh, have a. We'll build ourselves a Discord here in the near future, and we'll make sure you all get invited to it. We can continue this conversation uh, off the air. So again, reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you thought about this episode on Twitter. Um, give us a give us a shout out. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. So from me, Slacker.
0: And from Big Papa.
1: And Ruko. We've really enjoyed having you guys. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone.
0: Bye.